Today's scripture reading comes from Esther, chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. I invite you to listen with me for the word of God. When they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps perhaps you have come to the royal dignity for just such a time as this. Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that, I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please go with me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing unto you. Amen. Once upon a time, in a faraway land called Persia, there lived an evil king. This evil king was named Xerxes. King Xerxes was a violent man. He commanded his army to conquer country after country, looting, killing, and enslaving any survivors. King Circe was also evil toward his wife, Vashti. One night, after several days of drinking, King Xerxes demanded that Queen Vashti come dance for him and his drunk friends. When Queen Vashti refused, King Xerxes ordered one of his men to kill her. After murdering Queen Vashti, King Xerxes needed a new wife. He searched his entire kingdom, taking every unmarried woman from her home and bringing them to his palace so he could decide which one he wanted to marry. The women did not have a choice. They were forced to do what the king said. One of these young women was named Esther, Esther was an orphan. She had been raised by her cousin Mordecai. Esther also had a secret. Esther was Jewish. She knew that the king harbored a deep hatred for the Jewish people. In an act of self-preservation, Esther hid her Jewish identity. As time passed, The king took a liking to Esther. He asked Esther to marry him. Since Esther had no rights or autonomy, she gave the only answer she could, yes. 
During their engagement, Esther's cousin Mordecai learned that the king and his men had developed a plan to kill all the Jewish people in Persia. Knowing that Esther was close to the king and that she was also Jewish, Mordecai ran to tell Esther about the king's plan. After hearing what the king intended to do, Esther said, Everyone knows that anyone who comes to the king without being called is to be put to death. Only the person to whom the king holds out the gold scepter may live. I haven't even been called to come to the king for 30 days. Mordecai said to Esther, You aren't safe just because you live in the palace. In fact, if you don't speak up, relief and deliverance will come for the Jews from another place, but you and your family will die. Maybe this situation is why you came to be a part of the royal family. Esther told Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews, and tell them to give up eating to help me be brave. They aren't to eat or drink anything for three whole days, and I myself will do the same, and so will my servants. Then, even though it is against the law, I will go to the king. If I am to die, then I will die. So Mordecai left where he was and did exactly as Esther ordered him. Following the fast, Esther gathered all her courage and went to see the king. Knowing what had happened to Vashti before her, Esther was fully aware that entering the king's presence without permission carried the penalty of death. Esther breathed a deep sigh of relief when the king extended his gold scepter to her, signaling that she was allowed to be in his presence. He said, What is your wish, Queen Esther? I'll do anything, even give you half the kingdom. Queen Esther answered, Give me my life and the lives of my people too. We have been sold, I and my people, to be wiped out, killed, and destroyed. Please write something to call back the order to destroy the Jews. How can I bear to watch this terrible evil about to sweep over my people? And how can I bear to watch others destroy my own family? The king was moved by Esther's bravery and accepted her plea. The king rescinded the order to kill the Jews. Today, the Jewish people celebrate Esther and their survival at the festival of Purim. Esther's story is a work of fiction. More than that, it's a fairy tale following the orphan marries a king motif. While Xerxes was a real Persian king who did a lot of horrible things, there is no evidence that Vashti, Esther, or Mordecai were real people. 
Unlike many of the Disney fairy tales that we are used to, Esther's story doesn't really have a happy ending. Yes, the Jewish people are safe, but they are still foreigners trapped in the land of their conqueror. Vashti is still dead, and Esther is still married to a genocidal king. While Esther's story is fictional, in some ways, her story is startlingly tangible. From apartheid in South Africa to the genocide of Uyghur Muslims in China to atrocities committed against black Americans and Native Americans in our own country, Esther's story is very real. Her marginalized status as an orphan and a woman represents the status of the Jewish people in the Persian Empire, something that oppressed people all over the world can resonate with. Esther is a hero, a symbol that no matter their circumstances, people can stand up for their people in the face of evil. Author G.K. Chesterton said, Fairy tales are more than true. Not because they tell us dragons exist, but because they tell us dragons can be beaten. Esther's story is a reminder that dragons, including evil kings, can be defeated by the very people that they are trying to harm. But Esther doesn't foil the king's plan alone. She has the example of Vashti before her, the guidance of Mordecai, and the support of her people who are fasting and praying for her. When we witness the enormity of the world's suffering, when we see what is happening in Haiti or Afghanistan, or in the COVID units of our own hospitals, the task of bringing justice and ending oppression feels overwhelming. Sometimes I find myself stuck, overpowered by the hurt in the world, and all too conscious of my own smallness, wondering what difference I could ever make. Esther's story reminds us that it isn't about what difference I can make. It's about what difference we can make. We aren't called to end oppression alone. We all have a role to play, and together we can defeat the dragon. In our United Methodist baptismal vows, we promise to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. This is not a vow we make alone. It is a vow we make in our church, committing to resist evil, injustice, and oppression together. There is a role for you to play. Maybe you're like Vashti, needing to stand up for your own self-worth and demand to be treated with dignity. Maybe you're a mentor like Mordecai, recognizing and cultivating the gifts of others. Or perhaps you are Esther, forced by circumstances to be an unlikely activist. 
Thankfully, we do not do this work alone. There are Mordecai's, Vashti's, and Esther's all around to share in the calling. Together, as a community, following God's call, we can slay dragons, bringing God's kingdom of justice, love, and abundant life to earth as it is in heaven. While God is never explicitly mentioned in the book of Esther, I think that the message of this story is that God empowers all of us to end evil and oppression, and that God will be present with us, restoring us with hope and strength every step of the way. In the story of Esther, God gave us examples to follow. We have the example of Mordecai as a mentor, and Vashti is an example of advocating for one's own autonomy. Finally, we have Esther, who was created for such a time as this. You were created for such a time as this too. When you see the hurt and suffering in our community and our world, pay attention. How is God calling you to respond? How is God calling us to respond? We are the ones we have been waiting for. By God's powerful love, in community with each other, we can make a world free from evil and oppression, where everyone is free to live into the fullness of who God created them to be. May it be so. Amen.